This is Restless. Welcome to the wonderful 10K Laser Ray Listener Feedback Show of Restless, where we are going to be doing listener feedback on our show, which is Restless, which is a postmortem on the YRR. We are, if you will, trying to remove the evergreen content of new Calvinism from the Suez Canal of evangelicalism. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm joined, as always, by Pastor Michael. Timely meme, timely meme, although the, the day that we're recording this, the ship is free, Matt. So It, it has is, been freed. Uh, it has been freed. It oh, is wow. on the move now. I saw one uh, person tweet, imagine being the first, you know, the, the second, the first ship to go through the Suez Canal once the evergreen is removed and realizing that you could do the funniest thing in all of history <laughs> by, <laughs> by getting your ship stuck. Uh, is, the pressure that, is... that you would feel. Oh man, I, I'd have to do it. And and maybe someday um, the podcast space will too be free of new Calvinism. That's but right. I, I don't think so for a long time. And so that's why our podcast exists. And today we are actually doing listener feedback. So I'm excited about this. Uh, we have great listeners. We've hit over 10K in downloads of a podcast. That's crazy. Of two, of two that's dudes. That's crazy. You- this is, I mean, what a... You know, what a mind blow. That's way more than we were expecting by this point. So, yeah. And none, none of you had ever heard of us before. So we should thank our friends on the Presby cast and the reformed uh, association of podcasters, all the, all those guys uh, and the various people who have shared us. So thanks. It's been fun. We're going to keep going. We've got plenty to do. Lots more. We've got some big plans in store, some big and, and very fun plans. Yeah. And if you uh, enjoy this feedback show, I think we'd like to do it semi-regularly because as we look at new Calvinism from lots of different angles, I think it's a great way to get other people who are interested in this and get their thoughts out on the show really easy. So it also helps you uh, who are listening realize that, yeah, we know that we don't cover everything that we should or don't think of everything we should or say things wrong or do things wrong. And so, hey, hit us with it. Uh, We might laugh at your criticism, but yep. we also might take it seriously, or we might do both. And that is probably the most likely. And yes, just so you know, we want all feedback. But if you give us critical feedback, it will end up on the show. That We're is putting just it something on no matter what. To but to celebrate, before we get into the feedback, we just wanted to announce we are doing another giveaway. We haven't done one for a while. And because it's a big milestone and we're doing feedback and just having fun, hanging out, we're going to we're gonna give away three books. We're going to give away a book to someone, uh, one of our followers from social media. So if you've already followed us or if you haven't followed us yet, you can start on Facebook or Instagram. We're going to give one book away to someone who rates and reviews us on iTunes. And so if you rate and review us on iTunes, maybe email us or message us. Let us know you did so we can enter you and know. And then the third one is a person who shares our show or their favorite episode on social media maybe this show maybe not this show this would be a weird one to come in on (laughs) it would be a strange Uh, first episode but share it and either tag us or send us a message with your screenshot that you did it so we know you did it and we're gonna give away three and so we're excited to do that it'll be a fun time and i think with this we probably will push us ourselves over the 100 likes on facebook which means we will be releasing not the Snyder cut, but we will be releasing 
the Jesus Wants a Rose reaction from Michael and I. I'm, ex- so, I'm excited for it. I don't even really know what it is, but everybody talks about it. So I know Michael has never seen it and I've not seen it for years. So, so folks, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good time. Some of, you know, it's still very highly respected. So we might be rounding a corner where we are reviewing things that people love and we have nothing but praise for, but I guess we'll see. We will uh, find out. Sorry if we, sorry if we do find something wrong with it. Um, which is a great reminder: rate and review this show with five stars while you still like it. And we are going to get into our feedback uh, with all that. We did a lot of intro this time, probably too much, but well, way too much intro. All right, the numbers are going down again all of a sudden. Yeah, uh, <laughs> losing subscribers. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So we've had all kinds of different uh, feedback. Uh, one of them, Matt, is that you don't know how to talk right. Uh oh, <laughs> that's a problem on an audio podcast. That's right. So we did have a listener. Uh, kind of comment that you say the word sovereignty wrong sovereignty sovereignty so you say it as sovereignty and it should be said sovereignty or sovereignty i don't know if there's a difference between those two but and and i well i'd like to apologize we'll we'll find out from pastor michael if i have to change i i understand the listener's frustration because on a reform show you're bound to hear that word a lot over and over again so I noticed that you said it different than me, but I'm personally somebody who doesn't usually correct how people say words uh, unless it's really extremely different. And so I just thought, oh, well, maybe that's actually how you say it. I also, part of me thought, I don't know, is that how you say it? Like Matt knows a lot about language. So maybe he's saying it the right way and I don't actually have a clue what I'm doing. God is sovereign over how I say sovereignty. I tried to even, <laughs> I had to say it. I had to like pull, pull that extra syllable. It was tough. Uh, so I will do my best to fix that listener. We want you to have the best listening experience possible. So it's okay. We will okay fix if you... everywhere. If you tell us to say a word different, every time we'll do it. Every right. time we'll say the word different. That's right. Well, Michael, we got a lot of great feedback on our episode, uh, on our special episode we did on Valentine's Day, where we discussed uh, complementarianism alongside Tim Keller and Don Carson. But we did have a listener who was not so enchanted by it. And so let me just read you his response. You can say whatever you need to say. I'm not a big fan of TGC, but Carson and Keller deserved more respect than you afforded them with your puerile giggling. Pastor Michael, is my laugh puerile? And and were we, were we out of line there? I don't actually even know what that word means, so we should probably look it up. But uh, here we are laughing and giggling. I did about look it, it up before. It means I do. I almost feel. I almost feel childish. bad that we're just giggling again. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I should say, like I, this actually. So the comment did make me think. Hey, maybe you know, like okay, where is the line? Like we we do want to be respectful. I have tremendous respect for Tim Keller and for Don Carson. Uh, I've I've uh, met Dr. Carson before. Um, I'm like, I really am uh, very profoundly thankful for both of them and their ministries. Um, Also, I have no problem laughing at uh, them saying that the text means something and not getting to it. Uh, So I don't know. I I don't think that there is a a problem there personally, but uh, I understand that maybe you could read that as, you know, purely disrespectful. I also want to say, I mean, 
we're the kind of guys who, I mean, we're laughing at this kind of stuff when we do it. We're laughing when anybody does, does it. I mean, we're just, we're going to be doing a lot of puerile giggling, uh, depending on what that word means, I guess. I should probably look it up. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm, I, I looked it up earlier. It means childish. So okay, it's just childish. I personally think I have a, a deep and hearty laugh, but what can I do? I, I'll say that in editing the episode, having been able to live it and then going back and editing it, I was like, oh man, I'm really worried if we may have crossed the line. And then I actually listened to our episode and I'm sorry, listener. I actually was like, wow, that was remarkable. We had a lot of great restraint. <laughs> <laughs> so um this I is like uh you know ch spurgeon when uh, somebody criticism for making uh jokes from the pulpit and he said if you knew how many i held back you would be you know impressed or something to that effect so right uh, this and is if you heard some of the laughter we do behind the scenes uh you would be very impressed with our restraint we really do mean to be respectful but also want to have fun at the yep. same time we want both mm -hmm. And in other totally unrelated news, I just wanted to let Pastor Michael and all our listeners know, I discovered a Tim Keller tweet generator, and I'm going to read one right now. Uh, <laughs> these aren't real tweets. These are just tweets generated to sound like Pastor Keller. So here we go. Here's our Tim Keller tweet of the day. We can do these off and on. We should be no more okay with our agenda getting in the way of community than we are with the community getting in the way of our agenda. So... <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the part of the show that I'd like to call reading the iTunes reviews out loud. So this is a thing that we're, we're going to do today, and uh, maybe we'll bring it back regularly. But I actually found a few of these interesting, and so I just want to read them and let uh, Pastor Michael... If you have anything to say, you can add it. Otherwise, we'll go go on. So here's the first one to read. It says, it's titled, I Thought I Was the Only One. As a recovering YRR, this is a common topic of conversation amongst my friends. Though my experience is different than the host, I too have followed the YRR to a more reformed route. Really enjoying the podcast. Also, in one episode, the host mentioned there are probably not a ton of female listeners. We are here. We are here. They do exist. Well, so, welcome. Share it with your friends. Yep. We we are more than willing to take on many female listeners. So, all right, next one. Here we go. This one is, is great. So this is a, an older one, but it says, I just listened to the pilot. Thanks for doing this. As someone who was hugely influenced by the movement, got close to the center when I was on staff at Mars Hill Church and in the after and, and in the aftermath of that settled into a more confessional reform place I hugely relate and appreciate it so right hey that's we, great man that's that's uh, man, pretty cool to hear yeah we we would love to we will probably have an episode where we talk about the times where we went to Marcel ourselves but it'd be great to have someone who was who was there all the time when we do that with us so next one uh, this is a much needed topic to give the YRR people a better alternative. I think of my YRR years as an exit ramp from the basic evangelicalism to the confessional Presbyterian world. I just want to ask you about this one, Pastor Michael. Do you think that, and I, and again, you're a, you're a Presbyterian pastor now. Do you think that is the was the normal path? I think that is certainly one path. But do you think that was the kind of normal thing that occurred? 
I wouldn't call it normal as far as, you know, I think the vast majority of people that I know personally who were influenced by the YRR are still more or less in evangelical churches or, you know, those sorts of things. They might have, you know, a more Calvinist flavored soteriology, mm-hmm. you know, like they might be reading more from, you know, Puritans or other people like that, or at least interested in them. But as, at least my personal experience is that it, it has not been a uh, the the common way to move in this direction although i mean this like we've just seen from a couple different commenters like this is actually what has happened in you know to a to a not insignificant degree and to the for that i'm thankful you know i mean it's what happened to me it's what happened to you so we're we're grateful for it yeah let me read you this next comment which i think might represent another good part of our audience as a Christian trying to figure out how reformed I am, I found this podcast both interesting and useful. It's interesting to hear Matt and Michael discuss their perspectives on the YRR movement and useful to hear them describe reformed doctrines and the interplay of Christian faith and modern culture. Do you think that probably kind of represents the, this group you were kind of mentioning? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I hope that we can, you know, be helpful. I know sometimes I'd like wear my Presbyterianism on my sleeve and I kind of push it a little hard here. I understand that not everybody will become Presbyterian, uh, even if they will someday in heaven. Like, I understand that right now that's not going to be the case. And so, uh, hey, we're grateful. I know probably the vast majority of our listeners are probably in a more Baptistic model. Hey, we love you. We'd love to have you on the show. We're, we're, we're very grateful right. for you. Uh, no, no ill will at all. You know, we sometimes laugh maybe a little bit too much at uh, the different things that we talk about and listen about. But really, we have uh, nothing but love in our hearts for you, even if you uh, kind of move a different direction uh, as far as that goes. We just want you to know and love Christ. And that's it. That was a great segment of this show. This brings me to another segment. I love your comment on it. Man, that was great. <laughs> that was we, uh, we did a good job. We did a good job. This is our feedback uh, yep. of our feedback show. It's that, man, we're good. <laughs> we're doing a good job at this. So, are there any criticisms that you think are valid? Yeah, just that we have a really cool podcast and it goes yeah. super, super well for us. <laughs> and it has more downloads than we could have ever thought. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the next next segment of our show, which is called Future Episode Ideas. So we had a number of people over time have given us lots of different kind of show ideas. And so here, I'm just going to read them to you. Pastor Michael, at, at any point, stop me, make a comment. And you can say, oh, that's a good idea. Or we're, you know, whatever you think as I as I go. So um, here's the first one to do about the cage stage. Hey, we've talked about that, right? We've talked about wanting to do a, a show about this because it's such a common issue. Yep. Here's another idea. Not so much an episode idea, but just some advice. Have a girl on the show with you. Yeah. So we've not only had that. So we've had somebody say, hey, you should have a girl. I, I think this comment was not just like you should interview somebody that is a is female. It was you should have a, a girl who is also leading the podcast uh, right. to get the right representation. Uh, we have talked about having our we I have a brother who recommended we do a mom's podcast, have our moms on. Could do a wives podcast, have our wives yeah. on sometime. <laughs> a yeah, mom well, cast. We should have a mom cast sometime. Man, that would be a truly wild ride. Just so Matt and I, I I'm sure we said this at one point, but Matt and I, our moms are in a Bible study together and have been since probably before we were born. And so, you know, our our lives as they have intersected is largely because of our 
moms. So, so shout out to mom. A, that's right. This is a good, this is a good moment to say, thank you, mom. Without you, this podcast would not exist. Literally could not have happened. So here's another one. Happy Christian. mother's day. I don't know when happy, this is releasing, but <laughs> nope, not even close, but <laughs> not, happy not mother's day. Close. I'm taking the credit. Happy mother's day. <laughs> really early. I love you, mom. All right. Here's another one. Christian hedonism. Yeah, right, this is important. I, I want to talk about this too. I was really glad uh, we had a listener reach out and, and want us it, to kind of discuss this a bit more. And let me just say that one of the one of the ways we have to we have to balance how we pick episodes, because, for example, to do a good review of Christian hedonism, that will require a lot of prep on our part. And so mm -hmm. we really try and balance uh, that out. But it is a great and important idea. I'm also sorry if some of these episode ideas I've kind of paraphrased and how I likely will title them. So if you don't recognize <laughs> your episode idea as I read it. Just, just know that this, this is my paraphrase. It's, it's going to be closer to the message than what you wrote exactly. So do reform people have to be emotionally dead inside? <laughs> just dealing with the topic of emotions. Uh, yeah. Frozen I, chosen. The, yeah, uh, I, yep. I, I am, I'm very interested in doing that episode just so you know. So yeah, that sounds really fun. I'm personally a very emotional guy. I've been hungry before I get sleepy sometimes. <laughs> uh, so Katie, why? Uh, the the reverend the reverend uh, did a TGC article on the kind of different you know different quadrants we're in with critical race theory and things and kind of why we can't be friends anymore so easy like within the new Calvinism within right? new Calvinism yep. yeah yep uh, charismatic gifts we're certainly going to do uh, something on that because that was unique to new Calvinism yes yeah uh, that's been on the list for a while just haven't quite gotten to it. Yep. New Calvinism as the intellectual option for young evangelicals. Um, reviewing the shocking youth message. Um, oh, Washer. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that would be yeah, great. Maybe maybe that's after we've done the uh, Jesus Wants the Rose if, if we're just reviewing good things, you know, at that point. Um, <laughs> reviewing old critics of New Calvinism on if they were right. I have a few of those clips ready for us to do sometime from good friends like MacArthur and, and others who were critical early on. Um, the way of the master's evangelism, kind of similar thought and a discussion of nine marks and nine marks related ecclesiology. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like the ideas. Uh, keep them coming. If you've got an idea that you want us to cover uh, something or that you're interview. interested in that we haven't hit yet, or, you know, something you want us to go further on, man, just uh, reach out, let us know. Uh, and we really do. We keep a list of these things and, and do intend to cover a lot more of them as we move forward. Yep. Great. All right. That was also an excellent segment. Uh, where awesome. we, we did a great job there. Where we piqued people's interest for what could come into the future. <laughs> there are some people who gave us a lot more, we'll say a lot more meaty feedback. And so I want to take a little bit more time on these. We'll see how many of these we can get through with our remaining time. And so the first one is uh, someone who is uh, reacting to our, our thoughts on our Piper, right? We did two, we ended up doing kind of two episodes reviewing his material. And so this is from Nick. And so we played some clips from Piper. He said, speaking at uh, RTS, it was Westminster. He wants to hear, he said, I'd love to hear a balanced take on Christian hedonism, which you already mentioned, and the topic of emotions in general. I went away from the podcast feeling that it was there was only a negative emphasis on emotions were given. Uh, I was I was missing the necessity of having affections for God, 
but those affections being put in their proper place. So, you know, he, he didn't think there was a full balance. He used the word affections. So he is clearly uh, a Piper fan because that's a, you know, a vi- taken from Edwards, brought into Piper, right? That's a very um, uh, thing. Michael, do you have any, any thoughts on that? I, I've already said we should do a, I think a full episode. On yeah, the- I'm all for it. I, I think that this is an area that there's great confusion as far as uh, on basically every side, right? People just mm-hmm. aren't clear what to do. And part of it is our like cultural immaturity, like as a culture, as a society, we're pretty mm-hmm. immature people. And so just handling our emotions is not something that uh, hardly any of us do well. And yeah. the, uh, you know, whether it be the like, you know, shut it all down, keep it all away or the let everything blow out and just, you know, take over the world kind of uh, with this reckless uh, emotional living. Both of those things are very common and uh, trying to find the balance is very difficult and thinking about, hey, what do the scriptures actually teach about the emotions and the affections? And, and uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, and probably, you know, uh, we didn't go deep into that on the episode. I don't remember what exactly, you know, we talked about or how we pulled it up, but I have no doubt I am, I am quick to, uh, I am quick to point out the uh, immature use of emotions within evangelicalism. And so I know that I'm quick to do that. I'm probably less quick to say, hey, remember how in most Reformed Presbyterian churches, people are like really, really stoic and it's pretty mm. off-putting. I don't talk about that as much, probably should. So, hey, it's, you know, like great idea. We definitely, definitely should talk about it and hit on it. One of our episodes that kind of got a number of both just kind of additions and uh, one kind of two questions along with it were when we talked about the uh, celebrity culture in the church. And we actually on social media asked if anyone wanted to add any marks Right. I shared in that episode, the nine marks of celebrity culture in the church. And we actually had some people add a few that I thought were really good that there were three of these that I just want to just to add. So one, I'm going to say if you have a rock band with lead singers, sorry, I meant worship leaders and simple songs with endlessly repeating lyrics, lights and smoke and yesterday's pop time squeezed out by Nash- Nashville recording artists, you might be in a celebrity culture. No, you are celebrity culture. I thought that was pretty uh, tough, but fair. Good call. Yep, that is uh, is brutal. Mm, Here's one more, and then I'll go to kind of the pushback. So on a personal level, one's perception of their spiritual health and sanctification is heavily influenced by how much celebrity content they consume through sermons, videos, blogs, etc., and less influenced by how much they do, you know, spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible, pray. So, right, we view a person as you must be more mature because you watch, you know, so much of this content, right? I think that's also a true, definitely a true statement. Here we have one of the the kind of pushbacks that I just want us to go through, uh, Pastor Michael. So this is another Nick listening to the show who gave us a lot of great feedback and I think had a lot of interesting things um, he, to say. He wanted to give some pushback and I'll just read this and you can, we can kind of interact with it, throw it around for a little bit. So you mentioned one of the characteristics of the YRR is how new Calvinists tended to create tribes around people, i.e. celebrity pastors, rather than denominations or confessions. 
I contend that it's always been part of Christendom, whether right or wrong, but it's not unique to New Calvinism. Noted examples include 1 Corinthians 1, 12 through 17, the Novatians, the Donatists, the Nestorians, the Arians, the Benedictine monks, Augustinians, Pelagians, Franciscans, Jainists, Lutherans, Calvinists, and Jesuits. There are a lot more, and many of the groups are heretical, but obviously not all of them. I just wanted to point out how it is not uncommon to see Christians identify with a particular teacher rather than a particular confession. All of the post-apostolic groups or tribes who identify their name by their primary teacher mentioned above existed within a particular confession, or in the case of Lutheranism and Calvinism, beyond one particular confession. So that's Nick just saying that maybe we are pointing out something that is not just a new Calvinist thing or a evangelical thing, but is a either natural thing or at least a very normal thing. What do you think about this idea, Pastor Michael? Yeah, I mean, I think there's nothing new under the sun uh, as far as I don't think that, I think probably you could point out uh, some kind of teaching or idea that is uh, analogous to almost anything that you find within the new Calvinism. So, I mean, in a sense, new Calvinism is just, you know, like we've said, it's really just evangelicalism and evangelicalism. Well, what is that? Well, it's really just pietism and revivalism. And what are those? Well, they're, you know, like we could, we could keep pointing to ways that, you know, various kinds of, of aberrant, you know, teachings and ideas kind of pop up throughout the history of the church. So I've no doubt that you could, you know, find connections to it. I do think that if you look through church history, generally what you will find is Orthodox teachers don't at least want their names to be like the thing. They don't want to be the ones driving it. And I know that there are some within the new Calvinist camp, right? You think about someone like a John Piper. I don't think a John Piper wants to be like, hey, I want people to be Piperites and I want them to be all about Piper. I don't think that that's true at all. But uh, at the same time, there were some uh, who used the idea of their name and their brand. You think about that, you know, the guys who are big with the multi-site, uh, we're going to, we're kind of prepping to record a reaction to a, you know, uh, James McDonald and Mark Driscoll talking to Mark Dever about multi-site churches. So that's coming up. If you hear this, I don't know if this is before or after, but uh, it's coming up, I think. <laughs> Maybe I just shouldn't talk because I don't, I don't know the plan, but uh they basically say, hey, it's great that my brand is so big so that I can use it for good. Whereas it seems like historically there have been a lot of guys, uh, at least in the more orthodox camps, that would say, uh, I don't want my name to be the brand. I don't want my name to be the thing. That That is not a good deal, um, and it's dangerous for everybody involved. So, um, so absolutely, I think I would agree. Yes, this has happened throughout the history of the church. Maybe it's not totally new. It's still, I think, problematic in in a lot of different ways. And sometimes it's just easier. I mean, we use the word Calvinist, you know, we call ourselves Calvinists, you know, I, I get it. I'm not like, uh, you know, I'm not going to be extreme about this saying, if you ever use a word like that, then you're probably evil because you're following a man instead of the Lord or something. That's not true. But, uh, but I do think that, that there is uh, a problem when uh, it's, you know, seen as though this is how it should be, or this is a good thing per se. Yeah, I do think that um, the the kind of attachment to a pastor and an attachment 
and the kind of brand building we see in evangelicalism is pretty new. And I do think even uh, there have been attempts to kind of read it back into church history. Uh, and I, I actually don't think it's, it's, it's totally fair. I, I actually think your, your list, Nick is great, but right. The, the verses from Paul, Paul is explicitly saying, do not say, don't I do am it. of yeah. Apollos. I'm of Paul. And almost everyone you list on this list, um, minus Augustine and I'll, Luther and Calvin, and I'll, I'll get to them in a minute, are heretical sects uh, or, or sects of the monkery in the Roman Catholic Church, which obviously is, is a different thing. And so what, when people's name were attached to doctrines in the early church, it was done because that was the church gave a label to a heresy, right? That was how they did it. And actually, when where did the term Lutheran come from? Well, Luther and Calvin both are famous for hating the idea that their names would be attached to this, right? They were, Luther originally called the Reformed movement evangelical, and the Protestants in Switzerland started calling themselves evangelical. So who called Luther a Lutheran? It was in his debate with Philip Eck, I believe at the Leipzig, I'm saying that Le- wrong. Dispu- Leipzig, right? Leipzig. Yep. <laughs> the Leipzig, first, yeah. <laughs> uh, disputation. We probably both said it wrong and we're going to get a comment about <laughs> That's it. That's true. And, and why did he say your doctrine? Why did he describe his doctrines as Lutheran? Because Eck was attempting to brand Luther as a heretic, as the church had done. He was following that practice. And so, and why did we get the term Calvinist? Well, it was the Lutherans using a derogatory term for what they believe was a kind of sectarian doctrine coming from Switzerland. And so, but even, even still, when we use, when these kinds of terms were being used, it was being used to label a doctrine. It was being used Calvinist, as Pastor Mike said, we're using it as a shorthand to explain a number of doctrines. And I, again, I think that there have been, even in the new Calvinism, right, the Calvin is my homeboy kind of t-shirts, right, to kind of bring them in as these kinds of pseudo celebrity figures. But I do think it is a little bit different. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Pastor Michael? No, that's great. I think that's really helpful. I, ho- I hope that's helpful to kind of, you know, uh, work it out. I'm, you know, like when we discuss the idea of, you know, what it means to be reformed or anything right. like that, I'm all for the reality that language and how we use it is organic and it does change in some regards. And so, you know, we're not trying to come down hard on, you know, anybody that says, Hey, I'm going to use this guy as kind of a reference point so that people understand where I stand. We get it. Hey, we do it. You know, we totally understand. Uh, We're just trying to look at these things through a, you know, maybe a bit of a, a critical eye to understand them better. Yeah. And I'm not trying to push back really hard on Nick either. I'm, I'm just, the only point I'm trying to defend is that what we have today is unique. And I do think Pastor Michael and I have have tossed around the idea of some point trying to discuss what healthy public figures would be like and how that would be different than being a celebrity. And maybe that's something we should think more about. So let's do one more piece of feedback from Nick before we call it. I think this is a good one to leave it on. So he says, um, it seems to me after listening probably to half of your episodes by now, that you have an issue, you primarily have an issue with Baptistic ecclesiology. Your criticisms are fair, but consider the great good that came from the new Calvinist movement within the Baptistic culture. The landscape of Baptistic evangelicalism has been changing rapidly, and more and more churches were opting out of being 
member of their state or national convention. The number of non-denominational local Baptistic churches were skyrocketing as churches left their conventions. Is And this is the question I want us to interact with. I'll read one, and I'll read one more line from him a little bit later. Is it possible that God used trans-denominational movement to reestablish a reformed soteriology within many local churches as possible as a first step towards greater good. Pastor Michael, what do you think of that statement? Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, you know, to God, all praise and glory, if he wants to use that and do that, and I would love it. I, you know, we should say, man, we're Northerners. We came into, you know, all of this through uh, kind of, you know, the evangelical free church, both of us have roots in. And so especially Southern Baptist, but just the general Baptistic movement, which seems to be much larger in the South. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not something that we are as familiar with as other things. Obviously I've interacted with it. I've got, you know, uh, connections in those worlds, but uh, I am not personally by any means an expert on where most, you know, uh, Baptist con- congregations were at before the new Calvinism. So um, if God is doing that and using it, I'm thankful. I'm hopeful. Uh, I am a- an ever optimistic person. And so uh, I, you know, I would love the idea. Uh, I would love to see, I should say, uh, where this could go and, d- you know, will it bear more fruit? I hope so. You know, that sounds great. Like we've said before, we believe God used, you know, guys like Mark Driscoll. We believe he uses, you know, the gospel coalition. We believe he uses all these things and, you know, praise him for it. Uh, we might have our criticisms, but God can still use things, even if uh, they are not uh, quite what we think they should be according to scripture. And so uh, it gives me hope that he's maybe even using the Restless podcast. Thanks for talking to us. Hope you had fun. We did. If we didn't get to something you want us to talk about, well, let us know. Also, win one of the books by following us on social media, rate and reviewing this podcast, or sharing your favorite episode of this podcast on social media. Also, make sure you let us know that so we enter you to win. Later.